What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Welcome back, Stan fans, or for you out there who are not Stan fans, you're still welcome here because it's a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the internet, Drew Douglas. Are you okay? You sound like you're having a stroke. I was pausing because after watching this last episode of The Stand, I don't think you can really proceed with life without making dramatic pauses because it seems like everything that we're seeing here is outrageous. We will talk about the Stan CBS All Access's new take on Stephen King's timeless story, The Stand. And we are talking about the sixth episode, The Vigil. It's all spoilers from here, baby. Drew, what kind of uh, notes do you have for us in terms of the usual suspects behind the scenes? This is episode six, as you said, directed by Chris Fisher, written by Jill Killington and Nate Lee. Came out January 21st. It's a smooth 57 minutes. The official synopsis reads, a new ally teams up with Randall Flagg as he tries sniffing out the third spy in New Vegas. Meanwhile, the Boulder Free Zone has a vigil for the missing mother Abigail and a deadly plot transpires. We've got three major things that happen in this episode. And the first one, as you had said in the official synopsis, Flag is basically brought the body of Judge Harris, who is killed. And he asks for Judge Harris to be brought to him alive. He's livid. He freaks out. And meanwhile, he finds out who the moon man is, Tom Cullen, which Tom narrowly escapes from New Vegas. That's our first big story and plot thread for this episode. Number two, we have Franny discovering that Harold is a lunatic and he has built a bomb in his basement. And therefore, number three, that leads us to the big one. The bomb explodes and it knocks several people off of their feet just outside of Mother Abigail's home. And it also kills Nick Andros, RIP. Which is hilarious because in episode five, we covered that. And I said, (laughs) um, we've gotten so little of Nick and he's such a huge character that there's no way they're going to do what they do in the book. They're going to change it up. You know, the next episode happens and he freaking dies. In the book, and and you may want to wait on talking about this, but in the book, that's is that drastically different? Because I actually don't know. So Mother Abigail's committee in the book is just having a meeting, uh, and then there's commotion because she is she has come back, and that is when the explosion happens. There's no vigil or anything. It's just a normal um, committee meeting when it happens. In the book, one thing I know you said happens a uh, few times, I don't know if it's a lot, but it's where characters, and I'm not sure if it's big or small, 
where they have a lot of impact or they're just kind of minor characters, but where they're killed off, you're like, oh, wow, that's the end of this character? Is that kind of how Nick is handled in the book where you're like, oh, he's gone? Or not really? There is, but they do, uh, some characters have, I would say, kind of mundane endings to their story. Nick has his, but then he comes back to kind of guide Tom on his journey back to Boulder. So there is more to Nick's story. I guarantee you we're going to have to get that because his death has no meaning if we don't at least have a little bit more in this series. Again, because no one in this show is really too fleshed out outside of uh, Harold, which has bizarrely become the main character of this show, maybe even (laughs) from the get-go. It's like, why why is he the main character of this show? What are we trying to say? Mm -hmm. That's a good point. And maybe that's where with King having this new ending um, and with this final episode, Coda, which is the the ninth episode, I don't know, maybe it will be totally reworked and it may just end up pissing everyone off. But at the rate we're going, I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine that uh, being any different. But, you know, I... It's so strange because we are given these breadcrumbs to believe that Nick is such a major character and yet we don't really get him at all in this episode outside of just like being at the piano and it's foreshadowing that he's going to open the piano uh, the back to reveal the bomb. In, in the book, it's it's a shoebox that goes into a closet and it detonates. Okay. And this, I kind of like uh, the buildup a little bit more. And I honestly, through this episode, when I kind of knew what was going to happen, and we, we were going to get that big blast. I, I didn't think they were going to kill Nick. I, I thought there's no way. There's no way. Yeah. And it happens. And it's so, it's shocking and it's sad in a way because I feel like I know this character a lot because of the book. Mm. Um, but the emotion is not genuine or earned from the show because the show didn't earn it. It's what King did in those 1,200 pages that I read. And that I'm just carrying that over, which I also find is interesting that I'm having emotions while watching the show that aren't earned from the show itself. It's just because mm. I, <laughs> I have this. This is definitely uh, a companion piece to the book. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because with Nick's death, even though he is a character that I like, it's not really a character that I like from this miniseries. And the same goes for the death of Judge Harris. It's like that sucks, but. It sucks I mean, for her. But that's yeah. the thing is the book, you know, you spend so much time with these characters and Nick is a character that is wanted on both sides, Mother Abigail and Randall Flagg. So it's kind of, they're kind of at war for him. He's this mm. huge piece in this story. And along the way, we we spend so much time with him that we understand that he is a good person. And sadly, we just, I don't think he's not a good person in this show, but they don't do a lot of actually showing that or, giving us time to invest in why he is such a good human being and Mm. the things that he had to go through to be who he is. And it's not just the story, but the characters, and it's really starting to show at this point. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. We have three episodes left. If Mm -hmm. you're watching this without any prior knowledge of this story, Nick's death and Judge Harris's death, or any of these people, um, their survival, whether they survive or not, it just, do you care? Like if you came in completely blind, what you don't care that Nick just got blown up. Yeah. And it is a very strange thing that, like you said, Harold is 
in a point the main character of this show right now. And it's interesting because it's like maybe he's going to be the one that changes and is this, you know, major linchpin that totally throws off Flag's plan and or maybe tips the scales in favor of Flag. I don't know at this point. Um, yeah, maybe they're wanting us to believe that more so now, but doesn't mean that you have to crap on so many of these characters that would have great stories if they were just simply, if we spent a little more, bit more time uh, diving into them and spending less time on some unnecessary elements as well. Do you think there's any chance that Harold redeems himself by the end of this? Because I kind of think that's where we're headed. Yeah, I do. But I, I is especially with this new ending, whatever that may be, I don't know what it is. I don't even have any hints as to what it may be. But it makes me feel so far that everything that we're witnessing, it's this more or less weak Harold. And as King's written in his book several times, the meek shall inherit the earth. And so if that literally translates to screen this time, will that be the case where we saw in this episode that Harold pulls a gun on Stu's back and he didn't pull the trigger. And we've seen him in compromising situations before and he has taken the road to just kind of cower out of it. So is this going to be where he finally learns to stand up for himself, but he does it for good? I think you're right. I think you're onto something and we're going in that direction. The only time that this him detonating the bomb really wasn't even him doing it by himself. That was him doing it with the help of Nadine. And if she didn't help pull that trigger, I don't know if he would have done it. So maybe we see him do one truly defined act solo, but that's going to be him where he is doing something for Mother Abigail or for uh, the Boulder Free Zone or for the survivors, but that will happen in New Vegas. From this point on in the book, what happens to Harold? And it's just... Um, the clock is ticking. His his finale is definitely one that I was kind of scratching my head on. Was wow, that seemed to be a huge buildup for that. Mm. Um, so I I do think this is going to be tweaked in a way where he's going to have some redemption and then probably sacrifice his life to save someone or people in the Boulder Free Zone. I feel like he's gonna. It's just an interesting choice. I was thinking how he is the main character from the get-go. And it's mm -hmm. just, it's it's an unusual one. I'm very surprised that it's not Stu in terms of like more of a focus like on the OG miniseries on which it seemed that way. But it's yeah, unusual I, too because he has such a connection to Franny and we have, I think of maybe everyone on this show that is underdeveloped, it's her and Nick that come to mind the most because mm -hmm. I, they have such crucial roles in the book. For him to be such a focus and for her to not be in this show is a head scratcher. Yeah. You and one thing that you had mentioned, we'll get into this and with our predictions, but with Franny and seeing more of her, it's uh very interesting what we're getting with her. Um and especially that major plot line of how she discovers the bomb in, in Harold's basement. But uh so obviously we've got Rest in peace to Nick Andros and Judge Harris. And we've got a new character for this episode. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, there's there's a new introduction though. Again, there's really no context to who this person is. <laughs> Out of nowhere, we see, which I'm going to go on the Riker and say it's exactly what you have predicted. We see Trash Can Man, played by a one Ezra Miller, and he apparently loves blowing things up so much that it looks like in the final explosion, he stands up when the <laughs> bomb goes off. And I'm pretty he, confident. He begins to masturbate. What are your thoughts about... Not only the introduction of Trash Can Man, but this character in this version. Holy smokes, man. What are, the, what are these people doing? I mean, the, the introduction comes out of completely nowhere, which is fine <laughs> if you set up the story and who they are and why they are the way they are, but they don't do that. I, I honestly think the less said about Trash Can Man, the better. Because <laughs> uh, as I had read before, when they had talked about Ezra, they're, they basically were just like, He's off the rails, and they seemingly let him do whatever he wanted. Yeah, the because the and correct me if I'm wrong, but the original trash can man is just he's in the essence of what you said off the rails, but he is just willing to do anything to blow things up. But he's not almost like what you said. It's where this direction that Ezra's taking this character that. I mean, isn't even insinuated in any way through King or the OG miniseries. I mean, which is fine in the in the book because it explains a mental illness that he had, that he's had his entire life. And he's, I would say, a fairly abused character from a childhood on. And, the, and there is reason for why he is the way he is. And he's also a huge character in the book. So we spend a lot of time with him on his journey um, as crazy crazy as it is. And I'm not huge on that character in the book, but with, with no context, <laughs> this is just like the strangest thing to introduce in this show. I'll say as semi-offended as I was by this, Ezra Miller is just fascinating to me. And, um, you know, we're introduced to him in this and he's only in this for like five minutes. Uh, I could have used a little bit more, but... I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much you can do with the, the character, the way it's being portrayed. Because didn't he seem, he he didn't seem like mentally off. He just seemed like he had some disability mixed in and it was just, it seemed like poor taste. Yeah, I, I kept reading that there's a major mental illness and it's a major, um, uh, it's unfortunate that they ended up taking this direction with, this character in terms of not really highlighting the mental illness that he has. I actually don't know what that is in the book. And I don't know if I've ever heard even brought up in the original series, but for everything that I read about it, it was where he, it, he just defended everyone. But yeah, you're right. It seems like he's going in this direction that it is tasteless in, ter in terms of like, what is it really giving toward the story that this guy is like, and I mean, are we just going to send this guy off and um, we spend only like five minutes each episode with him? And then if so, it makes me concerned like, okay, so the buildup for this finale is going to really suck. <laughs> <laughs> I 
can only imagine what they're going to do. Because knowing how he works into the finale itself. Um, and yeah, they, I, it seems to be falling in line with what's supposed to happen. Okay. Well, yeah, it's just, it's so, at first, I'll say at first, whenever I saw him, I watched it early, early in the morning. And that's the first few minutes of this episode we spend with Trash Cam Man. And I was just kind of in disbelief. I'm like, oh my gosh. And well, I rewatched it and I thought, I thought I was dreaming that. That's real. They actually did that. C couldn't they spend like an entire episode focusing on Trash Cam Man? Don't, don't you think? Or at least chalk it up so that it's edited in previous episodes that builds up to this? Yeah, you could do an entire episode. You could introduce him and he's just the focus of season, or not season six, oh. episode six. But you, you got to... You got to tone this down, whatever this is, because mm. there's like going there and then there's going there. And Ezra Miller is just off the rails. Yeah, actually. I mean, I couldn't even understand him half the time because he's he's doing what he's doing. I don't know. It was it was bizarre. Yeah, I, that was really tough. I had the subtitles on and even with the, the his infamous phrase, my life for you, I could barely understand half of what he said. Because mm -hmm. when when he is finally in the in the presence of Randall Flagg, he's basically whispering. Do you hope we get more Trash Can Man or what we've seen? Do you hope there's a lot less that we get with him? I just don't know how, like what else you can do with what he's doing with it. You know what I mean? We're just going to follow him around as he mumbles to himself and masturbates to explosions. <laughs> like what else are we going to watch him do? He's on the hunt for nukes. And, and I think that's all we need to know. Yeah. I could see him not showing up again till the climax, to be honest. Sure. Yeah, that's I, I really wonder if they do th take that approach and we don't see him until like we skip the next episode and we only see him in the stand, the final, well, the the penultimate episode. So let's go ahead and dive into our main discussion points. First off, how are you feeling about the show after watching <laughs> episode six, The Vigil? <laughs> Is it getting uh, better or worse? It's the same. I, at this point, we know what we're getting. Weirdly enough, I feel like if you cut out the trash can man stuff, then the episode feels like, I'm not going to say a step up, but it seems as if it's not as bad as earlier episodes. I don't know. And maybe it's just the optimism that I'm I'm wanting that it will try to salvage some type of story and for the characters that it will redeem itself to a degree. I guess we'll see in this upcoming episode. But yeah, this is pretty much the same of what we've gotten so far. Uh, I mean, well, I, I, I honestly don't think any of these episodes have been downright bad. Yeah, I would. I, I agree with that. I don't think that we've received any stinkers. I still think that the worst episode was the second episode, which was the um, Larry episode, Larry-centric episode. Um, it just, it's so strange thinking back on that, that we spent so much time with Larry and not diving in to more characters. And that seemed to be more of a focus, but... I mean, he seems pretty absent from the last couple episodes too. What are some of the things that you actually liked about the vigil? It's a big change from the book, but I like that Franny discovers exactly what Harold is doing. She finds the bomb in the basement. There's a pretty solid level of tension in that scene. Mm -hmm. 
Harold and the actor that plays Harold, I think he it, it's strange to me that he's the main character, but he also is pretty freaking awesome in this show. Yeah. Do you like the uh the the actress that plays Franny? What do you where do you you like her or no? I go back and forth. I think in the what you mentioned for the tension, which was I think the best part of well, one of the best parts of this episode, I can decide on the actress because I always thought in the OG series with Molly Ringwald as this character, I was just like very so-so. I think I like this actress a little bit more for what she's doing with this character. But once again, there's also a stripped down version of this character. It seems I, I mean, yeah, I go back and forth. It's, it's a little bit of both. God, it's, it's just hard to tell because I feel like we're not getting a lot of her. Um, I, I think she's fine. I didn't know this. Owen Teague, who plays Harold, he was in It and It Chapter 2. Yeah. He was the, uh, was it Belch or one of the guys? I think he was. Yeah, he was he's Patrick Hochstetter. That's it. Yeah, because he comes back. Talking about the things that were good in this episode, the tension, I do think that there were several moments that were good. The whole Larry and Nadine was uh, decent, I would say. It there it seemed to not quite fire on all cylinders. And then the uh, I also really like the Randall Flagg and Mother Abigail confrontation. That was pretty cool. That was the first time we see them. And also love the fact that you know, they're sticking to flag, can't do anything to literally touch her, but he will be able to do certain things that can manipulate, you know, the environment or change a character's perception and make them go off the rails and try to kill and attack or attack and kill Mother Abigail. I I, I enjoyed that. And I loved both of those actors in that scenario. It's also interesting to see how Amber Heard and and uh, the actor who plays Harold, how they are trying to balance their lives leading up to this event. So overall, I think the if there's like an MVP of this, I would say the tension is done decently in this episode. I like that. Uh, Amber Heard seems genuinely disgusted by Harold. As she's acting, she's she's just envisioning that he's Johnny Depp. Oh, talking about insane. Let's talk about the things that didn't work in this episode. Man, I feel I like think, we just we did that for about twenty five minutes. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I I just have really two words to say. What didn't work? Trash can man. Yeah, it was bizarre. And I, it just always goes back to the same thing: feeling rushed and. Uh, but I don't think there's anything necessarily terrible about this. I want, I would like to see the, it just, can we get more of finding out not just the reasoning why Trash Can Man turned up the way that he did, but just, there's like, no, it's just like we're dropped in and then we're plucked out. And it's this very strange way that, you know, we're introduced and then that's all we get. Um, so I, I would I would like to see, honestly, just as crazy as this may sound, more episodes to try to flush this out. We're not obviously getting that, but it just it sucks because that would be like my answer to like slow this down 
so we can end up diving into a lot of this just content itself. Um, one thing that's interesting though, I think for the Vegas, the new Vegas stuff, when because uh, that was also a great uh, scene as well when Flag is confronting one of the henchmen that ended up killing Judge Harris, and that that was a pretty cool tense scene. Although we know what's going to happen, like we kind of do, but well, not there's with no her. lead up. There's no real lead up to like don't hurt her. I want her alive. Yeah. Now the leading up sucked, but whenever we get to inside his penthouse, inside of Flag's penthouse, from that to like leading up to Tom trying to escape, that was, I, I enjoyed that. However, there's also the point of that not being Julie who has seen Tom and she's stated before, she said, he looks familiar, but she's never actually pinpointed that's Tom Cullen who she met on the road with Nick. Yeah, that whole thing's been changed and, and they changed it in a way where there is absolutely no reason for her to exist in this story. So that that all of that stuff uh, didn't really seem to work. And the buildup with Judge Harris, it's just awkward and clunky the way that it was handled. But do you have anything else that you think didn't work with this episode? I would like to say as much as we or I kind of rip all over this show, I'm consistently entertained for 55 minutes every week. I Honestly, I would have to agree with that. It's one of those shows that it's not like watching out of like I'm, I'm watching to hate watch it by any means. But like I said, there is a part of me where I'm trying to, I want to be as optimistic because I go into an episode, I watch it. And then as soon as I'm done, I'm like, okay, that's not bad. But then the more I think about it, the more I can end up finding Barry's plot holes and weak characters or weak writing, whatever it may be. And it just kind of brings it down a little bit. Uh, and sometimes it brings it down a lot. Speaking of bringing it down, episode letter grade, what would you give this? Overall, I was entertained. I'm going to say C+. Would you also say that C+, plus is your series letter grade? Yeah, yeah around that point. I, I do wonder, too, watching this all back to back to back, every episode binging this, if this gets a little better. Hmm, yeah. Especially re-watching it, knowing everything. The early episodes I've rewatched like two times. I think the first episode I watched three times. And the with these other episodes, I do wonder if that will get better because I've only watched the last three episodes once. So character power rankings, who's your number one? I had Tom a couple weeks ago. I think I had Tom again last week and debated on Stu because James Marsden's just the best. But this episode kind of made me realize how good Owen Teague is as, as Harold. I'm going to mm. give it to Harold, and he might carry out the rest of the show, the final three, the yeah. last stretch. Yeah, and I mean, that's a good foreshadow of what we were talking about earlier in terms of him getting more face time or that we're spending more time. It seems like he is the main character of the series thus far. And I, I'm agreeing with you as well. It sounds weird because I never thought I'd say Harold would be my favorite character, but he is at this point. He's just so different than how I envisioned him in the book, and he's a different character in a lot of ways. Um, but I always really liked him in the book too. Mm. I, I, I've gone into this before. I just... I think King writes a good, just sad sack. 
<laughs> I wonder if there's like a part of Stephen King that uh, relates to that character quite a bit. He's just like, I am Harold. <laughs> other than Trash Cam Man, which other character are you wanting to get more of? It might be a little late with Nick, <laughs> but we got to get some Nick. This is absurd. You know, we haven't had a lot of uh, Glenn Bateman in a while either. Mm-hmm. He's in this one a little bit, but give me some more Greg Kinnear. I could go with more of the entire council. I, I would love to see more of them working together. But it, at the top of the list, I have to say uh, Kojak. We have not seen him at all since like episode two. Did Kojak survive the bombing, do you think? I'm worried. I don't. I At this rate, I don't know. He's well, just that's like, the yeah, twist. I, they, they didn't kill anybody important. Nick survives, but it was Kojak that died. And Kojak is in the like in the next life helping helping Tom out. <laughs> Outside of what we've discussed so far, any anything that you've noted, uh, big changes from the book. Bomb going off at the vigil is different, as you said. Mother Abigail and Randall Flag don't meet in the woods in the book. That's a, that's brand new, which I think is actually kind of a cool idea. Oh, so they didn't meet at all. No, that's we don't know what she does. She just leaves and then eventually comes back. And then Tom leaving New Vegas is completely new. In the book, he's hypnotized prior to leaving. And they have it to where he's triggered if at the next full moon that that is when he needs to return to Boulder. So he's kind of in the dark about being there. Mm. and then when he returns which is interesting because that's how julie plays a part in that she knows she recognizes him somewhere and uh can't quite pinpoint it at first i mean that that's it so some big changes some little changes some work better than others we obviously did a major prediction about trash cam man and we were both wrong and voila we have him in this sixth episode but one thing was F-bombs. <laughs> Which I texted you and I said, I know it's my job to do that, but I was so taken aback by what I was watching in the first two or three minutes of the show that I completely forgot to do it because I was what I had seen with Ezra Miller. <laughs> it, it like took me out of it so much. Uh, so I have no idea. I don't know if you went back and did it. So I did, and I'm trying to pull up what we had guessed, what we had predicted last time. I don't have that written down, but I think it was 17. But I did 17 the week before. I think I did it two weeks in a row. Does that sound right? That does, yeah. Well, we should split the difference and say 16. Okay. So on average, you said 16. You went higher, right? You had 25 the week before. I think you went... Did you go higher this time? I actually went lower and I ended up saying 12. Yeah. Yeah. And I ended up, I uh, lowered that because I thought, all right, we're outside of the new Vegas episode and we should be able to, to go down from there. Uh, the count. And now once again, I want to put a disclaimer. I may have also been missing some because there's a possibility trash cam man said something and I didn't catch it uh, because of his mumbling but I caught nine. Ooh. Nine total F-bombs. Not which, too bad. Yeah, it, se- it seems pretty <laughs> and low. Do you, for the upcoming episode, episode seven, what's your F-bomb prediction? 
what's this one called? The upcoming episode? Episode seven, The Walk. The Walk. Um, man, it's been relatively low the past, I don't know, three or four episodes. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm going to go low again. I'm going to say, tw- I'm going to say, uh, man, could it be 12 again? No, you said 12 and it was nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say 13. Okay. I'm, I'm going to this time make sure that that is locked in. So you say 13. I'm going to drop it down and I'm going to go with eight. We should point out um, Owen King according to Wikipedia, has written the net, wrote the next episode, The Walk. Uh, I don't know okay. his writing super well to know if he's if he's an F-bomb artist, artiste, oh. or not. I, I could see him not, honestly, where he he ends up dropping that. So watch. I mean, he, he co-wrote three, four, and now he, this is solo. He's solo dolo. Man, so I already locked in thirteen. Man, it's gonna be it's gonna be below thirteen. Uh, how great would it be if we get one solo f bomb and then Josh Boone's like, no, we can't do with the PG thirteen rating. We got to get in one more. Come on, Owen, get get. We need you to crank out twenty five more. <laughs> yeah. So you God, got Josh Boone's the worst man. You've got which it's interesting. We don't even know if he's really the the main uh, showrunner here. Now that uh, you've heard more from Cavill with that. Never hear from, you never hear from Josh Boone. I don't think he has as much pull as we think he does. I think it's probably a joint collab with him and uh, Cavill, but. Yeah. Do you, so predictions for the upcoming episode, The Walk. I'm going to predict Tom makes it back to Boulder safely. We do have more with Trash Can Man. He's going to be in the desert looking for nukes per the request of Randall Flagg, the walking dude. Hmm. It's hard. I'm trying to think of what happens in the book and just thinking a lot of this stuff that comes next, especially like Harold and Nadine, that can't happen in episode seven. We have three episodes left. Mm. We're in our final act. I'm Um, going hmm. to predict that there will be a lot of walking in this episode. Do you think we're going to get Marilyn Manson in this next episode? I'm wondering if he's even in this. We have to. That's the other thing. I was weirdly uh, curious. So I searched Marilyn Manson stand, and I probably should not have because there was a prediction that he was going to play the kid. Yeah, well, they've already said that's not the case. And and yeah, so that was obvi- that was a, I guess a fan hope, but or fans hopes, but I I mean. We would have gotten the kid before now, right? If that was an actual character, this in the book. Yeah, he's 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 part of the trash can's journey to Vegas. Okay, I'm I'm going to. I really wonder if we end up getting the members, so the council breaking out and leaving the Bowler Free Zone, and they are starting their journey to New Vegas. We got to get those spies back. We got to get Tom back. So I'm looking at this this Entertainment Weekly article from November, and it, and it does mention Manson as the kid. But they they Josh Boone says for for numerous reasons, including budget, and it's just not necessary. The kid is a casualty. So I don't even think Marilyn Manson's in this actually. 
That's so crazy. I was, yeah, I was getting so excited, especially leading up to at the end of this episode, I was expecting, all right, we'll end up seeing Manson in a big way, most likely in New Vegas. And he's just going to probably be playing a song and having these crazed sex scenes. Our predictions real quick. Mm -hmm. So we've what, got, we said Tom's going to make it back safely. We, we know it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to have Trash K Man again in some form. He's going to be looking for nukes in the desert. Mm -hmm. And you think in episode seven, they're going to start sending a crew to New Vegas? Yeah, I think that's where we'll end up. It will end with the council starting their journey to New Vegas. Mm, okay. I, I think that's the walk. That it, 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 The idea is that it's their journey. And they... Uh, because from what I can remember there's obviously the big moment with Stu that happens on the walk um, where he gets injured. So, yeah. So we have the walk and then episode eight is the stand. So that would, that would make sense. But my, here's my question. I brought this up, kind of teased it earlier. Coda, Franny and the well, that is the final episode, episode nine. Do you think that's going to be like an epilogue? Like a short yeah. episode that's like 15 minutes or 30 minutes? No, 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 no. I bet it's a full episode, but I bet episode eight wraps up the main story. Okay. And that's then nine a, is going to be, I still think nine is going to be set somewhat in the future. And it's basically like the the life after and them trying to, what, what it's like to rebuild. Do you think that they'll end up, and this is kind of more of a series prediction, rather than the next episode prediction, do you think that they'll end on a major cliffhanger to try to bring this back in some capacity? Gosh, I would hope not. Yeah. It, Did it you seems... know in October 2011, Ben Affleck was named as the director of the new movie? Oh. And Steve Cloves was writing the screenplay, and then David Yates was going to direct it. And then eventually, Ben Affleck was named as the director. Imagine this as a film. I feel like that's insane. I don't think you can do that unless you break it up into multiple parts. Good Lord. February 25th, 2014, Josh Boone hired to write and direct the adaptation. He later revealed that he wanted Christian Bale to play Randall Flagg and Matthew McConaughey for the role of Stu Redman. You know, honestly, and that's with Matthew McConaughey, he ended up play, playing the man in black or Randall Flagg in The Dark Tower, the movie. And I enjoyed Matthew McConaughey in that as that character. I thought he did a good job. He's good. He's somebody that can do the same, play it the same way, but it, it can come across as super creepy. Sure, yeah. Or uh, as a, a genuinely good human being. Mm -hmm. it, I, I, I've grown a, into a huge fan of Matthew McConaughey. So if we got him as Stu or Randall Flagg, I'd be cool with it. I'm really enjoying Skarsgård as Flag. I think he's he rules. Did you like when he... So he kills the dude for killing Judge Ferris. Uh, and it's a pretty gruesome death in the elevator. I don't know. I kind of like a reserved Randall Flag, and he gets his hands dirty in this episode. And I, I wasn't huge on it. Interesting. So you would have been okay if he had like a henchman or someone else kill him like kind Lloyd. Of. I just don't envision him on all fours and maybe I'm just missing something from the book, but he's like eating this dude's neck. Well, and I, I did enjoy that, but with you bringing that up, he's very much so that in 
I mean, Randall Flagg, the character is very much so this trickster. He's kind of like Loki, you know, yeah. where where and he plays. It's how we talked about, like, he's not setting up the chaos. He's just um, taking advantage of, you know, whatever happens. Right. So with that being the case, I mean, it is interesting because this is the first time we see that happen. But it makes me wonder, will he end up becoming more violent in these upcoming episodes? It kind of didn't seem to to match what we had seen prior because he hadn't done this, you know, yet. I think I just got some True Blood flashbacks, though. PTSD. Which I need to watch that, by the way. I almost started that recently, and I'm like, yeah, I'll wait a little bit longer. God, it it gets so bad, though. (laughs) The last few seasons are just awful. That sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I remember really liking the first, like, two or three seasons. Hmm. I'll still watch it or start it because I'd like to see it. But, yeah, you know, now that you bring that point up about Flag... Eh, I still think it was cool, but I guess I'll, I'll have to see based on what happens next because it if he continues to just like go off the rails, mm, it could be an interesting take on that character, but we'll just have to see. Well, but, I do need to look this up. I need to see if he if he does that kind of stuff in the book. I just don't remember him being super violent like that. He never, I'll say this much, he never did in other adaptations of Kings where he's in those stories. He would, the great, the worst that he would do is that he, like the mother Abigail, he would like change the wind or he would have some kind of natural disaster happen, something like that. And it would alter the environment or those around that person. Or he would engage in a like a not hand to hand combat, but it was like a gunfight. Uh, but it was always short lived. It was never anything major. And yeah, I, I just remember in the book he's he's holding executions. That's a big thing. Um, I think that might have been maybe just timing purposes. You can't do that. But this person that kills Judge Ferris, he's just like, hey, let's gather everyone around, get your popcorn. We're going to have a crucifixion. And that's interesting that he didn't have a crucifixion with this guy. He just literally ripped him apart. He ate his neck. What's insane is all the promotions for this freaking show show the cross made out of like the telephone poles. Mm -hmm. Like for the crucifixion, we have yet to see any of that. We have not (laughs) stepped outside the freaking casino. And that's what I was expecting that we would get building up to Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas in New Vegas, the last episode. But we, you know, sadly never got uh, any buildup. I, I was wanting some kind of buildup with that. Or at least Judge Harris. That was a perfect time for Judge Harris to look outside of her bedroom or her hotel window. And she sees that. And she's like freaked out and doesn't know if she can go carry out the, this mission. That would have been a great opportunity. It would have taken like two minutes. That's it. Bam. We just helped Josh Boone if he would have listened to us. <laughs> he didn't even ask. <laughs> yeah. What a jerk. Well, all I can say is we've got three episodes left. The upcoming episode is The Walk. Hopefully, you Stan fans out there, if you're still a fan at this point, You'll be rejoining us for the next episode in which we talk about episode seven. So until next time, keep watching.